0: Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithRoy.com. you found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithRoy.com, number one bestselling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana.
1: Well, hello again, and welcome to another edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana. I am your host, and I have a treat for you today. I am bringing you a talk that was given by Michael Singer. Now, if you're a fan of this podcast at all, or of my work at all, you have heard me mention this guy many, many times. His book, The Untethered Soul, is without a doubt, in my mind anyway, The best spiritual growth book ever written. And if you've never read it, that should be on the top of your list. But he's also one of the clearest communicators about the human condition, about relationships, and, you know, giving us a real understanding of kind of who we are and how we can relate with our world and the people around us in the healthiest uh, way possible. And so he is giving a talk here today that I have titled The Purpose of a Relationship. Because that's ultimately what you're going to hear him talk about. Now, the title he gives the talk, and you'll hear it uh, right as it begins, is he calls it Negating Nagging Needs. So he's talking about our emotional needs in this particular talk and how they show up in our relationships and how we have expectations of our partners or our potential partners to meet our emotional needs. And so he's sharing a perspective on this that I think is really important because the conventional wisdom on the purpose of a relationship is that it is to find someone who will meet your emotional needs. That's the conventional wisdom. If you ask somebody, why do you want to be in a relationship? You know, what what do you hope to get from a relationship? What do you feel like the purpose of a relationship is? In, In some way, shape, or form, depending on what language they use and what words they choose the answer is going to fall in the camp of I I want someone who will be there for me, someone to help me feel connected, someone who will help me experience companionship, someone with whom that I can feel their approval, someone with whom I can feel safe, someone with whom I can... Um, feel like my needs are, are being met. Do you follow me? That's the conventional wisdom. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that as you'll hear, it doesn't work out so well. When we have the purpose of our relationship being to find someone who will meet our emotional needs, in a sense, if you think about it, it's the beginning of codependence. <laughs> You're sort of, I have these emotional needs, I think they're real, and I want to find someone who I can sort of depend on to be there for me, to meet these emotional needs, okay? So I won't say more about that right now. I just want to kind of lay the groundwork here that he's going to talk about our emotional needs and whether or not they're real. And if they are, how we usually try to deal with them, the problems that can create. And he offers a real perspective on this whole issue of our emotional needs in relationship dynamic, okay? So it's fascinating. Now, in the show notes, I will give a link to his website. I'll even give a link to his book, The Untethered Soul, But I can tell you right now that Michael Singer still teaches three times a week in his facility just outside of Gainesville, Florida. But every week, all three of his talks are posted on his website and you can listen to him for free. So I would really recommend that you bookmark his website and periodically go there and Click on one of the talks that's posted um, and and let him be your spiritual teacher. I mean, really, really see if if you resonate with the way he communicates spirituality. Because you're gonna find if you follow a lot of spiritual teachers that they all sort of say the same thing. Right? Because if something's true, then it's true. But what's fun is trying to find a spiritual teacher who says the same thing, but in a way that really resonates with you, like the words they use, their style, their personality, right? So you'll find Eckhart Tolle and Michael Singer. You'll find Hale Dewaskin, Byron Katie, right? You'll find all these people. If you listen closely, they're all saying the same thing, but they all have very different ways of packaging their message, I personally love the way Michael Singer packages his message. And if you do, then you can listen to him all the time. So his website is www.tou.org. It's for Temple of the Universe. That's the name of his facility outside of Gainesville. So it's tou.org. And you can find The Untethered Soul and his two other books, On Amazon, you know, they're New York Times number one bestsellers. The guy sells millions of books because he's such a powerful spiritual teacher. Okay, enough of that promotion. And now, without further ado, I bring you Michael Singer.
2: Tonight, we're going to have a talk called Negating Nagging Needs. (laughs) negating, nagging needs. People don't understand needs. And in general, your friends, psychology, various disciplines and teachings are really aimed at coming in tune with your needs, understanding your needs, being honest about your needs, and then learning how to satisfy them learning how to find jobs, relationships, financial situations, that now that you have come in tune with your needs, that you can be a happier person and a more complete person by satisfying your needs. That's the truth. I know it's frightening to hear, but that's your culture. That's what you're taught. That's the underlying basis of what's going on. People break up relationships because they say things like, my needs are not getting satisfied anymore. He or she used to satisfy my needs, now it doesn't satisfy my needs. People leave jobs because they say, at the time I took the job, my needs were different than what they are now. And I see that. I'm very in tune with myself. I won't discuss that anymore. Now we'll leave that lying there where it belongs let's talk about the truth the truth is very hard for people but ye shall know the truth and the truth shall set ye free the truth is like a sword it cuts through things the truth is you have no needs and people will always say to me well I have to eat I have to sleep I have to breathe you want that you can have that You want to think that a need is a need to eat and a need is a need to breathe and a need is a need to sleep and carry out your bodily functions and so on. That's fine. You can have those needs. The body has needs. Put that aside because those are not your needs. You don't deal with those needs. You're so far past those as needs. You need to not eat. You need to not sleep so much. (laughs) That's the problem. you got to eat too much and you sleep too much, right? So the net result is that, that that's not it. But yet, there's a lot of needs, and needs cause a lot of trouble. Needs are not natural. Needs are a disease, and that's the truth. They are not a disease of the body. They are a disease of the psyche. When something is wrong with the body, it behaves certain ways. It gets a runny nose. It gets aches, pains, can't do things. It's a problem. It's a problem that you have to deal with. You have to go to a doctor, you have to stop bowling, you have to stop playing golf, you have to get an operation. you got to do all kinds of things because your body is not okay, because your body has a problem. You don't consider that good, you don't consider it healthy, you don't sit there and think you're supposed to adjust your life around it, you're supposed to fix it. And you go places to do what? To get it back to the state that you believe you have a right to have it in, which is a state of health. You first try to fix these things. You do not just say, okay, now I have a runny nose. I wonder what kind of handkerchiefs I should buy from now on or something like that. In the end, you might say that because you can't fix them, but your attitude is, this is not supposed to be this way. It is not natural. It is not good, and I should fix it. Needs are a disease of your psyche. They are a sign that the psyche is sick. I'm going to get real strong. If you have a need for love, if you have a need for companionship, if you have a need for confidence, if you have a need for acceptance, even those, the big ones, it's because something's wrong. It is not that your starting position with your body is, my leg is not working well, so I need to get into a relationship with a big woman who can carry me. (laughs) No, that's not your attitude. Your attitude is, I want my leg fixed. I can get whatever relationship I want. I'm not going to sit there and let my damaged leg run my life. If your psyche is broken, if your psyche is not healthy, you feel that. You know what it feels like for your leg not to be well. What does it feel like for your psyche not to be well? You feel a hollowness, you feel a pain, you feel an emptiness. You feel urges and drives and impulses that are uncomfortable. You feel uncomfortable. You don't feel well. Just like your body doesn't feel well, your astral body, your psyche body, your energy body does not feel well. It is not healthy. When the physical body is not healthy, it attempts to compensate for it and it communicates to you through pain and it does the best that it can. Those are really in truth what the physical body does. If this leg is not doing well, It transfers responsibility to this leg. It attempts to compensate. What is a limp? A compensation for something that's wrong. Limp isn't fixing it. A limp is compensating for it to try to make it not hurt so much. So what the body does, because it's very intelligent as an organism, is it attempts to compensate so it can continue going forward. I'm stressing this word compensate. Take energy from elsewhere, change things, to compensate and adjust for what's going on, and it sends pain. Well, that's very smart of it, isn't it? You have to respect it for what it does. It's an animal. It's a living creature. And that creature compensates and sends messages. Your body's stupid compared to your astral body, compared to your energy body. Your energy body is brilliant. That's your body of light. That's your body of Shakti. That's your body of Chi. Just like your brain is much more intelligent than your liver... Even though the liver should be respected a great deal, the brain is much more intelligent than the liver. Your psyche body, your mental body, your astral body, I'll call it your energy body from now on, your energy body is way more intelligent, way more brilliant. It's a body of light. It's a body of intelligence. That chi, that shakti is intelligent. If there is something wrong with your energy block, it does the same thing, just at a very deep level. It compensates to try to be okay, to try to keep operating, to try to keep going. It has this ability to compensate, and it sends pain. It sends signals and signs of disturbance, so the consciousness can know something's wrong here. How does it compensate? It's so beautiful. Your energy is blocked. It's an energy body. Nothing can go wrong with energy. Energy can't get sick. It can only get blocked. There can only be a lack of it. It's not like a bone that can be physically broken. Energy cannot be broken. It can just be less or more. It can just be flowing or not flowing, like water. You can't break water. But you can dam it up so it's not there, and you can flood it so that it's not comfortable. It's a question of more or less is all you can do with water in the normal usage. Your energy body is just like that. When there is a blockage to the flow of your energy, then the body is not well. Your healthy energy body is an even and open flow of showered energy pouring and flowing healthily and evenly and constantly through thousands and thousands of centers through which the energy distributes and flows. Yogis know, call them nadis, and of course in acupuncture you have all the meridians and all that stuff. Who cares? You don't even want to get down to that level. You just want to understand you do have energy flowing through you. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it gets blocked. When your energy is blocked, that's the sickness of the energy body. When it is blocked, two things happen. One, it dams up in the areas where it can't flow, and it dries up in the area where it didn't flow. Your energy can become blocked. When it is blocked, there will be an attempt to compensate, to bring about a false sense of balance that's better than what's happening, and there will be a sense of disturbance. There it is, the same as your body. What does it feel like if your energy is blocked? Let's say that energy coming up into your heart is not well, is not flowing well. It's blocked. Well, then we need a compensation. There's not enough energy coming up into your heart. You feel that. That's what's so funny. This is not mystical. Everybody feels that. My heart feels so empty since he left me. I feel hollow. There's an emptiness. There's a hollowness. I feel like my heart is dropping. Ever hear your heart drop out from under you? Then you don't feel strong anymore? That is your Shakti. That is what that is. So when it is blocked, then the energy can't (laughs) flow up into the heart. And it blocks many different ways, and therefore you experience it many different ways. Your heart can feel like it's catching fire. Your heart can feel like it's being ripped out of you. Your heart can feel like it's completely hollow. That is what I'm talking about. So there's the message of disturbance. What is the compensation attempt? You start to feel. I wish I could sing, but I can't because I'd like to. Right now it would be a musical and I'd break out to the righteous brothers. I need your love. Oh, I need your love. I was like, you can just feel it, man. It's so beautiful. That is a broken heart, and we use the word. That is a heart that is not filled with shakti and filled with chi and flowing in a healthy way, trying to compensate for the energy that is missing inside of it. It may sound romantic. Maybe it sounded romantic that I got to get myself a big woman to carry me because my leg hurts. (laughs) Instead of laughing, you might have said, Oh, that's so sweet. Look how much they need each other. Isn't that cute? No, it's not cute. We should get fixed and be able to go about our business and not have to be together because somebody has to carry me. Likewise, what you call romantic, a great being, cause sick. You're not doing well. If you need somebody, you're not doing well. People who need people are the sorriest people in the world. If you haven't noticed, just become a person who needs a person. Come back and talk to me how you're doing. Has it work out? Never well. The compensation that attempts to take place is I'm going to try to take your energy, literally. I'm missing energy flowing through my heart. I'm lonely. I'm empty. I'm lacking. I guarantee you the reason you do not have energy flowing through your heart is not because Sally didn't call you or because Paul went out with somebody else. Those have nothing to do with your energy. Nothing. They are outside of you. They are other people, places, and things. They have nothing to do with you. You don't have energy flowing through your heart because you are blocked. And when you are blocked, the chi cannot flow properly. And when it cannot flow properly, you feel a lacking. And when you feel a lacking, because it's intelligent, your system doesn't just limp. You know, your your bones can't think. They can just hurt. Unfortunately, your energy body can think. And so it says, I need a relationship or I need to change my relationship. I need to do something. We need to do something to, to do what? To do what? And the truth of the matter is, when you get to the bottom line of all of it, the answer is... I need to get energy from somebody else into me so that I feel whole. And you know what? It works. A little bit. That's the problem. But you know what? So does having her carry me. I get from place to place. You got it? It works a little bit too. It just has side effects. It doesn't work out real well, all right? But the net result is I'm lacking and I can take energy from somebody else. You know you can. I can get into the presence of somebody who admires me, somebody who loves me, somebody who respects me, and stand in their presence. I don't have to do anything. Just be in the presence of someone that I know likes me or loves me. Especially love. And that's Because what does it mean if somebody loves you? Their heart goes out to you. Their chi, their shakti, comes up into their heart and it overflows. The heart ever overflows? My heart is so full when I'm around him that it feels like it's going to burst. My cup runneth over. That's what that means. So your chi, your shakti comes up in your heart and it can flow out. And when it flows out, the other person can actually get it. You can actually get a transfusion from somebody else. This is why laying out hands work. Heals. This is why prayer works. You're sending energy out. This is why they say happiness makes healthiness. It does. (laughs) Okay, it does. I'm not knocking this stuff. Don't get it wrong. I want you to understand the laws so that you have a right to use them for yourself instead of being at the mercy of them. Somebody else's energy can and does enter your energy system. And when you are feeling lacking, you can start to feel whole in somebody else's presence. When you are feeling a lack of love, you can feel fulfilled and feel love in somebody else's presence. The problem with that is as follows. I'm lonely. I can't hardly work. I'm having a bad time. But tonight, tonight, I'll see my love tonight. And tonight, I'm looking forward to it. can feel this, right? It carries me. It carries me through the day. Right? Even the thought of her. Maria. <laughs> it's beautiful. Even the thought of it raises the juice inside, doesn't it? Beautiful stuff. Now, I go into your presence. When I'm in your presence, when we're together, my life is whole. The sun shines. There doesn't need to be anything else. That sounds so good. But every one of you are older than 12, and so you know that what I'm going to say next is going to happen. Let's just take it in fast motion. Being in your presence brings love and joy to my heart. You are the sunshine of my life. You bring everything. It's so good. Where are you going? (laughs) Can I go? Uh Uh-oh. All of a sudden, the N-word showed up, nagging needs. The very fact that that transfusion is happening because you need it means you become addicted, means you become dependent. That's right. You become dependent, just like I would become dependent on this young lady carrying me around because I can't get there elsewhere. Just like I would become dependent on transfusions if I'm not doing well with my blood, become dependent on drugs, become dependent on anything. But in our society, if you're dependent on cocaine to be happy and to get confidence, we say that's not good. And in our society, if you're dependent upon somebody else to feel love and feel inspired, we say behind every great man there's a woman. Well, <laughs> behind every drug addict there's a drug. <laughs> right? I mean, dependency is dependency. Let's get that straight. People won't talk like this. Why? Because they don't understand the truth. Which is that you are whole and complete within yourself, and the only reason you've had the need to start with is because you're blocked, and because you're blocked, you have a lacking. And if you want to consider it romantic, when this drug addict is going through withdrawal and somebody shoots him up, Maria, look how much better he looks. Look how much better he's doing. That's not romantic. It's ridiculous. And if you want to call a romantic somebody who is completely and utterly dysfunctional, unless they're in a relationship with somebody who pays them attention and opens the door for them or cooks the right meal for them or gets all excited when they come home after a hard day, if you want to call that romantic, I'm going to tell you it's the same thing. No one else will tell you that. It's almost antisocial to talk this honestly. That is the honest truth. You are whole and complete within yourself. You do not need anything. You do not need anybody. Now, does that mean you should be antisocial, that there's something wrong with relationships, that it means that nobody should get married and nobody should have children? Nobody said that. You want to talk about a healthy relationship? Here's a healthy relationship. Everywhere I go, I feel so filled with love and beauty. Everywhere I see the world is my family, anyone I see, any child I see, any person I see, any man I see, any woman I see, I just get so filled with love. It's so beautiful. I see the sun. It blows me away. I see a tree. It blows me. I see an ant it blows me away. It is so fulfilling and it's so beautiful that I can feel so open that I don't have to hold back. From this flow that's coming off of me when I'm in your presence, because I know you're that way too, and you don't need me. And you're fine within yourself, so I don't have to worry about you becoming dependent or having to be in my presence or needing something from me. I can just let this juice flow in your presence. Well, wouldn't it be beautiful if you were a high being and you were that way? And you could be in the presence of at least one other person in the world that didn't need your energy. And it didn't bother them or affect them. And you could just let your love light shine in their presence. And you could come when you come and go when you go. And nobody's clinging and nobody's holding on. And there, there's a relationship. Nobody said there's anything wrong with relationships. They're beautiful things. They're places to share your energy. But they're not places to take energy. They're not places to need energy. Because if you need energy, you do not have a healthy relationship. You have a dependent relationship and it will be ugly. And you know that. There will be times when your energy is flowing a certain way and that is offensive to the other person because they need when you don't and you need when they don't. I've literally, literally heard people say to other people, what does it mean to be in a relationship if you're not satisfying my needs? Why would I bother? That is how somebody in need Thinks and talks, and they mean it. They mean it so deep, they don't even know anything's wrong with it because they've never seen other than that. And all they know is, I'm not doing well inside, and why would I not want somebody or something that compensates or takes care of that which is not there? You're to be there when I need you. People ruin marriage. What is marriage? A license to need. You sign a marriage license, and that means, okay, that's it. We've agreed to serve each other's needs. That's it. I'm there to serve your needs. That's what it means. If you have problems, I'm there, and I'm supposed to satisfy your needs, and I'm not satisfying your needs. It bothers me because I feel you leave me. I feel you're not happy with me, and it bothers you because your needs are not being satisfied. So now we have a bothered relationship. Well, no wonder people have so much trouble with relationships. Another person cannot satisfy somebody else's needs. They can temporarily compensate for them. But if you're sick, you're sick. And unless you fix what's wrong... You're just going to run on grabbing and taking from other people, and it's not going to work. Even if you try, if you devoted every minute of your entire life, and you were the most brilliant giving person that ever lived, you could not satisfy somebody else's needs. Why? You have nothing to do with their needs. Their need is because they have a blockage inside themselves. In a moment, we'll talk about what caused the blockage. I guarantee you it wasn't you. They had that blockage before they got in a relationship with you. That's why they got in the relationship with you, all right? Is because they needed. And that blockage has roots that go back throughout this entire lifetime. It has nothing to do with you, nothing. So how could you possibly satisfy their needs? And the other aspect of it, which is really fascinating, is that their needs do not stay the same from one day to the next. One day you'll find they want to be doted, they want to be kissed and loved, and the next day they want to be left alone. So anything you tried to do would not satisfy their needs. You can't satisfy their needs. It's almost as though, and I'll let you decide whether you've seen this, the need is very deep. It's due to a blockage. It really can't be compensated for by borrowed energy from outside. But they want to. They want to get the shot. They want to get the juice. The only thing that gives them the juice is something new, something unexpected. You wore something and it blew them away or they had a different day and something happened that wasn't the same. It just wasn't humdrum, drum, drum, same old stuff. It has to be something that shocks the energy in order to open them enough so there's receptivity to what's going on. So the exact same thing that you ended up wearing or doing three weeks ago that didn't do anything, all of a sudden, because of what they saw on TV or what movie they watched or what took place, blows them away and they feel, oh my God, that's so wonderful, you're so special, it's so wonderful, right? If you kept doing that, if you kept serving that meal, if you kept wearing those clothes, if you kept bringing those flowers home, I guarantee you, it would get old. Everything gets old. That's why you can't satisfy somebody else's needs. Does that mean you shouldn't serve and take care of people? No. It just means... Deep underneath, you understand the truth. And the truth is, if you have a problem, you have to fix that problem. Can you help them? Sure you can help them. Maybe that's a healthy relationship. Instead of helping them compensate for their needs, you work together to work out your problems. Each person works out their own problems with the help of the other person. That's like saying, I'm in this relationship to help work out my problems so they don't have needs. That's a very different relationship, and very few people are in that relationship. There are very few people who think that's the purpose of a relationship, to go through your own stuff. I want to go through my own stuff, but do it by myself. So net is, you start to understand, and the basis of understanding of this entire thing is to understand there are no needs. Needs are a sign of sickness. And the stronger the needs, the sicker it is. And that's true of everything. That's deep. That's deep yoga. All needs, if the shakti is flowing properly, are transmuted into joy. The energy just starts flowing right. And when the energy starts flowing right, there is not a single need inside of you. All you feel is rushes of joy and high and upliftment. And you are whole and complete within yourself. That's what takes place. It's a very high state, but at least understand That that is yoga. That is the spiritual path. Does that mean that you don't get married, that you don't have sex, that you don't do this? No, it doesn't mean any of that. It has nothing to do with that. But that's the key, that it has nothing to do with that. Right now, you're making it have something to do with that because you're trying to use all of those external things, the external energies, to compensate for what's wrong with your energy. If you do, you will become dependent. And if you become dependent, you will end up disliking people. (laughs) You will end up needing people and need breeds content. Not familiarity. The last thing in the world you want is someone else to need you. You used to think you want people to need you. I want to feel needed. You do not want to feel needed. (laughs) You do not want somebody else to need you. If somebody else needs you, they become dependent upon you. While you have your own problems, you don't see it as dependency. You see it as attention. You see it as security. You see it as a feeling of importance. In a very short period of time, when you start to feel a little holier within yourself, now you feel a little more confident. And you want to go out and do some things to express yourself. You won't be able to because somebody needs you. Wait, I need you to be here. That's what need means. I need you to do this. I need you to be here. I need you to pay more attention to me. I need you to not go out and do this and take me with you, blah, 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 blah. And the next thing you know, that which was lifting you up will hold you down, and it will do it every single time, and there are no exceptions. It's almost as though it's guaranteed to fail. I'm insecure, so I'm clinging to you. It worked. It worked. My God, you put so much attention into me. You voted you this. I feel much more secure. What does that mean? That's a major change. Well, if you feel much more secure, you don't need to be clinging, do you? Now that you feel more secure, you want to spread your wings a little bit, don't you? You want to go and experiment and express and do different things that open up your energy. But the other person is so used to you being there all the time and taking them with you and being dependent and asking them all the time about their opinion and what's happened. The relationship was very different before. So the relationship evolved, not devolved, The relationship evolved, but if one person evolves more than somebody else, you're in big trouble. And there's no way in the world you're involved in the same. Now can you see why relationships are so complicated? They're complicated because they're really deep. And they're really complicated and they're really deep because of what you're doing. Because what you're attempting to do is use the other person to compensate for what's missing inside of you. Don't do it. But I'm telling you, that does not mean you don't have relationships. It has nothing to do with that. It's all about what you're doing. And you come all the way back to the beginning, the foundation of this conversation, which is the energy gets blocked. And when the energy is blocked, you feel hollowness. You feel lacking. You feel need. Even drives and urges are not natural. It's a sickness, a disturbance, a blockage. So the hollowness is that. The angry energies are that. Everything shy of high. You know how I mean. Woo, I'm doing great. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. It's unbelievable. I'm challenged. I'm stimulated. And my juice is flowing. And I'm enjoying every second. I'm enjoying my problems. I'm enjoying my successes. I'm enjoying every bit of what is going on. I am high. That's the energy flowing. So you get back to realizing that you can negate nagging needs. But the problem is, the way we try to negate them is by suppressing them. Even if we catch on that needs are a problem, you feel more independent now than when we first started. You want more space. Okay, I know I better give it to you because I'm insecure and the relationship will break up, so I start suppressing my needs. I need to be with you. I need to spend more time. Why don't you come home early? Whatever the heck it is. Well, I know you don't want me to be like that, so I start suppressing that. And that's how we try to negate nagging needs. Well, blockages don't work compensation for blockage doesn't work, and suppression doesn't work. Believe me, suppression does not work. You might periodically, let's be mature, if you have energies that are really disturbing inside, and there's nothing else you can do with them, you might have to hold them a little bit, rather than throwing something at somebody. If you really want to pick up that frying pan and throw it, you might just have to suppress those urges. Do it. Better than throwing the frying pan. But be conscious, totally conscious, and in control of what you're doing. Do not ever keep those energies down. If you ever push energy down, you better let it up. You better find a way, you know, go out in the woods and yell or run or do something, but consciously release the energy that you temporarily held so that you didn't become overcome by those energies. Suppression does not work. Suppression is an extremely sick thing to do, and sitting there pushing these energies down that are coming up because you don't feel whole and complete is complicating the situation, not solving it. It's equivalent to the fact that I don't want to be weak, and I don't want to limp, and I don't want her carrying me, so I ain't limping. She ain't going to see me limp. She ain't going to have to do nothing for me. I'll carry her. You're going to lose your leg. No good things are going to come out of that if there's really something wrong with your leg. That's suppression. That's what suppression does. It's pretty complicated, and it's pretty neat, In That energy body is something else. You don't even know you have one, not to mention how to drive. It's like you're in a car going 7,000 miles an hour, and you don't even know you're in a car. Hello, what? Well, you're like half asleep. Hey, you're in a car. There's a steering wheel. There's a gas pedal. There's a brake. That's how you understand your energy body. You are inside of this energy body, and everything you feel, all your urges, all your drives, all your needs, all your lacking, all your depressions, that is your energy body. That's what runs your life, what's going on in your energy body. You will behave and interact in accordance to what is going on in your energy body. So eventually you wake up. How do you wake up? You step back and you start noticing you have an energy body. And you stop being involved in it so much. If your heart feels hollow, you say, ah, it must be blocked. If you feel all these drives and urges and disturbances go on, it says, geez, hey, short circuit, good, look at his juice, okay? You're kind of neat. And you learn to sit comfortably. Inside of the car. You learn that you're in a car. You learn that you're in an energy body. You learn to feel what it feels like to be inside of an energy body. And you learn to be able to withstand, to sit in the presence of the different shifts of energy that take place inside of you. That's a big step for people, isn't it? Instead of running out there and trying to compensate or blaming people, there is no shame, there is no blame, there is no attempt at compensation. There is just awareness of what it means to be sitting inside of this thing, which is a pretty dynamic thing, isn't it? You can sit in there. You don't think, oh, I'll, I'll just quit or I'll just leave. No, don't let your mind try to compensate for your energy body. That's another trap too. Just relax. Relax in the presence of whatever your energy body is going through. What will happen? One, you won't be in a rock mess because you will have dealt with your problem at a starting point. And then second, you will notice, whew, why is it so weird in here? It is weird in there. Why is it so weird in here? That's what happens when you just watch instead of trying to fix what can't be fixed from outside. You just sit in there and you realize... There's something underneath all of this. You know, it's like you're watching the rapids, the water flow down a, a river, and it gets rapids, it gets, you know, swirls, and all kinds of things. And you used to try to have it not. You stuck your hand in and tried to iron it out, and you, you were upset whenever it swirled. Well, okay, while you're doing that, that's what you'll do for the rest of your life, is fight the natural forces that cause the swirls. Then all of a sudden somebody shows up, the master, or at least the disciple, who is not touching the water. They're not doing anything. They're noticing and watching the behavior of the swirls and the currents and the rapids. The day that you're able to do that, you know what will happen? You will notice at some point, okay, there's a rock underneath the surface right at the place the swirl is taking place. I wonder if that rock is causing the swirl. Now you don't just throw yourself around in the water. You stick your hands in. It's hard. You withstand the tendency to try and be upset by the swirl, and you remove the rock, and the swirl goes away. Oh, oh my God. Look at that. That swirl was there ever since I was little. Wow. That swirl was caused by that rock. And you just realize that underneath the energy body you've been dealing with, there's these causes. There's this underlying structure. And it is the chi, the shakti, flowing through that underlying structure that manifests as your energy body. Your energy body, your aura, is a result, not a cause. And what it's a result of is the blockages and the paths and patterns that are carved underneath through which the chi flows. And then it causes this manifestation of a particular way of being. So you get upset when you see this, and you get turned on when you see that, and you get turned off when that happens. And we're all different because we all have different carved patterns underneath. That's the start of your spiritual journey. Now you understand what deep means? You're working at a deeper level. You're not working at the surface level trying to get people, place, and things. You're not working even inside of trying to work with your psychology, you know, and not have these energies and suppress and hold together and and use affirmations. Just do something to make the energy a little nicer. You're deep. You're working at a very deep level. That's what happens when you start to work with the blockages themselves, Instead of the result of the blockages or compensating for the result of the blockages God, I hope you got that there. It is in one line You decide what level you want to work at? You want to go very deep very deep That is the only place a solution exists is underneath you nobody else now What happens all the attention all the energy All the consciousness that used to go at trying to compensate for the energy that are out of balance is now every minute of your life focused on seeing the rocks. It's just focused on seeing, seeing, seeing. You're just a seeing being, conscious and aware. How do I remove the rocks? It is so beautiful. Beautiful. It is so beautiful. My mouth goes dry to even tell you the answer to that beautiful question. You don't. I don't? No, you don't. What you will find out very soon, if you watch this very carefully, is those rocks are there for one reason. You are holding them there. The stream of Shakti flow will wash away in one moment, in one second, every blockage that is inside of you, if you stop holding those blockages inside of you. So it's not that the rock is down there and the water is disturbed and you're going to go down and take the rock out. When you go to stick your left hand in and take the rock out, you're going to hit something, your right hand, that's holding the rock. There is nothing that stays inside your energy flow by itself. It doesn't have the ability. There are no hooks. It is your energy, your intention, your will, your conscious force that is holding these things in there. They will not stay in there by themselves. Therefore, it is not that you go in there and try to take it out. You practice letting go. Letting go of what? No. No. Wrong question. Just letting go. It is not that you find what you're holding on to so that you can let it go. You just take a step back inside. You withdraw your chi from down there back to its center, and it all falls off. Because your energy must go down to that level in order to hold it together. If you center your energy back in the witness, in the self... In your being, these other things will just fall off. They just fall off. They shed like the skin off a snake. That's how deep this path is. As those things fall, the swirls stop. And you start feeling peace where you felt disturbance. You start feeling wholeness and completeness where you felt need and lacking. You start feeling love where you felt hate. You start feeling the ability to give where you used to take. Why not? You're whole. All of those other things are what you were doing because you weren't whole. You would never dislike or hate anybody unless you needed something from them. It's when you need something and people are not taking care of that or disturbing your ability to get your needs, then you feel hate. It's the same disturbed energy that's turned back on itself. That creates all these disturbances. So eventually, you will get to the point of seeing that your entire life, including your relationships, are very, very holy. Everything, your work, your relationships, all your interactions at every level are very holy. Why? Because if you are working on letting go, they give you an opportunity. (laughs) They will, under all conditions, show you where you haven't let go yet, won't they? You want to see where you haven't let go yet? Just pay attention to your, your interpersonal interactions with other human beings. It doesn't have to be a personal relationship. just be a normal, everyday relationship. It doesn't make any difference. You're going to see what you haven't let go yet, aren't you? You just honestly look and see how blocked you are. Those blockages need to go. And the way they go is by just letting go constantly. So anytime anything creates disturbance, it's your friend, not your foe. Because it's showing you where you're still blocked. What do I do if I start to get disturbed? You let go. It has to do with you being willing to let go instead of struggle. And you just relax your heart, release your shoulders, and you don't invest your energy where it used to go. And over time, and it does take time, this stuff will go. And you will start to become who you are, which is an extremely beautiful being who needs nothing from anybody, but has the natural tendency to give. When you're whole and complete, all you do is give. But you don't even call it giving. A flower, when it blossoms and opens up in the morning, does not think, oh, I think I'll give to the people that are walking by. It is its natural tendency to open. It doesn't need to take. It's healthy. It opens. Your heart will open. To everything and everyone, no matter what they do to you, no matter what they say, nothing will close you anymore. Why? If you don't need anything, then nothing can bother you. Things bother you because you have need and they're going to interfere with your ability to get it. If you don't need, nothing bothers you. This is what it means to transcend. So, there. Negating, nagging needs. Can you? Yes. Your ego says no. Your like he says, I'm not there yet. I can't do that. That is not the truth. Of course, you can't do it all at once. It won't come up all at once. and not doing that. All that's asked is every day a piece will want to come up. You raise your hand and say, well, how will I know what piece? You'll know, won't you? That's the problem, is it? you know. <laughs> you'll feel a lacking. You'll feel a disturbance. You'll feel something bothering you. Good. That's the piece that needs to let go today. What do you do? Relax and release through it. And over time, you become the most beautiful thing there is on this earth. A whole being. And a whole being is a rarity. Isn't that funny that health becomes a rarity? <laughs> You're a rarity. You have a psyche that's not bothering you. How would you like to have a psyche that's not bothering you all day? That's something serious, isn't it?
0: You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.